Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I'm your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. We are all about the whole person here at Rise Up For You, so if you haven't grabbed your free Becoming Your Best Self Startup Kit yet, you can text RISE Podcast to 797979. That's Rise Podcast, all one word, to 797979, and you'll be supported both personally and professionally. Now, today's guest is Krister Ungerbach, and we had an amazing conversation around communication and leadership, not only leadership at uh, your work, but also leadership in your home. He is a successful tech CEO who has been featured in national publications such as NPR, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and many others for his practical, unconventional communication insights on compassionate leadership, emotional intelligence, and employee engagement. And his unique insights are uh, informed by real-world experience leading teams in three languages while growing a global company 3,000%. And we talked about uh, his lowest moment, and uh, was, and he was asked the question that ultimately led him to the discovery of the universal communication tools called Talk Shifts. And now in his upcoming book, 22 Talk Shifts, Tools to Transform Leadership in Business, in Partnership, and in Life. Helps people build better bosses and become one by shifting their words. So rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Well, welcome, Krista, to the Rise Up For You podcast. Hi there, Leanne. I'm excited for our time today. Absolutely. Me too. So let's dive in. Share a little bit about yourself. Well, so I'm a former CEO. I was CEO of one of the largest family-owned software companies in the world up until about four and a half years ago when I found myself at the YMCA signing up for a gym membership. (laughs) And the woman asked me, who is your emergency contact? And I had no one. And uh, I had two weeks prior to that, I had walked out on the CEO job of the company I'd helped build and loved. And two weeks later, my wife walked out on me. And so I had no one. And I had started reading business books when I was 12 years old. And I sat there looking in the mirror at the YMCA and I saw the leader I'd become, a leader with no followers. And I set on a journey to go outside of the business world. And I set aside the hundreds or thousands of business books I read and said, well, clearly those didn't get me where I was hoping to be from a personal perspective. So I looked outside of the business world for four years looking for secrets of leadership. And, and ultimately I, I found them and I wrote a book about them and it's called 22 Talk Shifts, Tools to Transform Leadership in Business, in Partnership and in Life. So it's really a book about uh, really crossing communication and a, a leadership communication that works equally well in a business setting as in a family setting. And that was really what I was setting out to do uh, when, I, uh, when I started this journey. Nice. I love that because we can't compartmentalize, right? It's, it's who we are is who we are, whether it's in a, a family unit, a, a company structure, uh, in our community, wherever. Yeah. And I think men, especially myself, uh, 
I used to take things out of the business world and try to apply them in family and they didn't really work very well. <laughs> so four years ago, I said, well, let me go the other way and let me see if I can go to the other you know, things outside of the business world and always keeping my CEO hat on and reframe some of those tools I found from outside of the business world to create kind of a, a leadership language that works in both the context of family and business. Mm, well, I believe communication and words are, are so powerful. So share a little bit about the, the 22 talk shifts. Love that. Um, well, so I, I'm a man and I'm a software engineer by training. So I wanted rest, simple fill in the blanks recipes. <laughs> and so it's really something that I practice with my own kids and my own relationships. And so I wanted to take these things from, you know, some of them come from marriage counseling and family counseling. Some come from kind of the new age kind of touchy feely uh, world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but, but always what I found is a lot of the things I was reading and a lot of people I talked to, I, just, I found myself saying, yeah, there's no way you could say that in a business context. And so uh, I, have, I had an experience, a fortunate experience where I had to lear- learn to lead in French and German as an adult after in 2011, when I opened businesses in France and Germany. So language has always been a really a, kind of a big part of how I think about life. Mm-hmm. So very much what I was trying to do is translate some of this, uh, you know, psych- psychology and maybe some of it kind of the woo-woo new age stuff mm-hmm. into things that could work in the workplace and, and, and help leaders, especially men, um, be people who are driven like I was, be more compassionate, uh, develop deeper connection with employees, ultimately driving higher employee engagement, higher employee retention, and admittedly, like when I was CEO, we, we won five top workplace awards in a row. I mean, we, we had a culture that was kind of, you know, and certainly in the top five, top 10% of companies. But what I found was, is that ultimately people, in my, my opinion, people were following my vision. They weren't necessarily following me as a leader. And what I found is the leaders who create truly world-changing companies are the ones who not only have an inspiring vision, my vision was to create a billion dollar company in my lifetime and we were on track to do that, um, but also they have a, a leadership style that people wanna follow. Mm. And so I didn't have that. I was always driving, always, you know, how can we do it better? You know, 99% is not good enough. What's about 99.9%? Um, and so I found that the, over time that really eroded relationships. And so when, when I had had this, what I call a simultaneous business divorce and then marital divorce mm-hmm. over the space of uh, you know a couple of weeks or months, I, I started digging into some of the marriage research and I found a uh, research by a man named Dr. John Gottman, who's considered the world's most renowned researcher in marriage and divorce. Mm-hmm. And he's able to predict divorce with 94% accuracy based on observing a video of a couple talking and having an argument for 20 minutes. And he looks for four specific communication patterns. And what really struck me is that those four communication patterns would have predicted every single business breakup of my entire career. Executives I'd fired, salespeople who walked away and took their, our customers to the competition, every single one of these breakups would have been predicted by the exact same framework we use to predict marital divorce. And so that's what started to inspire me to say, look, look, I think there's something here that leaders everywhere can learn about. And then the other thing that you find is I I do feel that some of my mission is to, you know, most men don't really like to talk about their relationships Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like going to marriage counseling or something like that is like something that men tend to roll their eyes. And so what I wanted to do is bring tools 
to business leaders, male business leaders, or successful female business leaders who focus are very business focused, bring them tools that would help them as parents and in their marriages before those relationships break. Um, you know, so it's kind of like think of it. It's a communication book that has a lot of the principles that you learn to create great relationships, um, but it's it's packaged in leadership tools. So if I'm a successful leader and I want to be an even more successful leader and get more employee retention, more employee engagement, I can read this, but as I go through it, it's kind of hard to miss the point that, oh, by the way, I can use these tools with my kids and with my spouse. And the research shows that by the time someone asks for a divorce, typically they've been thinking about it for a year or more. Uh, Mm. I think it's like 50% of people have been thinking about it for one or two years. And so uh, the reality is is when someone gets to that point where they want to end a relationship, they're already mentally gone. It's too late to go to counseling and to read books and things like that. I, I was exactly in that position. Now, the interesting thing is that the same thing happens with employees. By the time employees actually turn their resignation in, they've been mentally gone for months, Mm. often sometimes years. So this connection between, like most people think that the kind of our relationship world and business leadership world are just disconnected. But the interesting conversation I had in in a lot of the workshops I went to when I was doing research, I met a lot of marriage counselors and, you know, family counselors and psychologists and things like that. And I was one conversation, I I asked this woman who had been a, uh, a marriage counselor for I think 50 years, she was retired. I said, well, what do women say on your couch over and over and over again? And she told me five things, one of which probably is not appropriate, but you can probably guess what it is, <laughs> uh, complaints that they have. And then the, but the other four were exactly the same words that employees would use when they're frustrated by their boss. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't take my ideas. You know, he, he was always giving me solutions. Well, he doesn't let me come up with my own solutions. Always fixing my problems for me, right? So <laughs> what if, what if the same tools that we can use to create happier employees could also be used to create happier marriages? And that, that's fundamentally, while Talk Shifts is at its core a business book, it's really a book about transforming relationships between two people in any context, in business or in life. Mm, gosh, I love that. I love that. You're you're speaking our language because it rides up for you. <laughs> what we do is so much around emotional intelligence. It's, oh, yeah. So much around emotional intelligence in, in the workplace, but also so many of our clients say exactly what you said. This is transforming me in my, my love and my personal relationships as well. Yeah. And so emotional intelligence was something, that was one of those things. I read Daniel Goleman's book in the 90, 1990s when it came out, mm-hmm. and I... You know, I, I try I, being an engineer, emotional intelligence wasn't something that came natural to me. In fact, I just thought, well, it's just my personality. I can never change. And, mm. and in the book, there, there are three or four chapters that are about emo- specifically about emotion and emotional intelligence. Um, and what, what I found is that I, I was able to what, what, what I was missing was I didn't have language for emotional intelligence. If you, uh, my recollection of reading a lot of the emotional intelligence books is didn't break it down to like, hey, say this, use this <laughs> fill in the blanks phrase or use this specific question. Um, and, and so I, for me, using these tools helped me to where actually somebody told me a year ago, hey, you've got really good emotional intelligence. And I was like, <laughs> you should have met me like five years ago. Uh, I don't think anybody would have told me that when mm-hmm. I was in a, you know, when I was in a leadership position in a corporation, that emotional intelligence was one of my strengths. So, yeah. 
Um, it's it's such a critical skill, but I think that too much of the too much of the things that are out there are just about the concepts of emotional intelligence and not the specific here's how to do it and here's three specific phrases for how to do it uh, and then that's really what I think 22 talk shifts or, or the three talk shifts about emotional intelligence uh, kind of let's say add to the community the conversation around emotional intelligence mm, well share those with us I would like to hear what uh, what those are so w- probably well there are t- Two, one was around anger, uh, mm-hmm. and I, my experience is that as a leader, former leader in a big corporation myself, um, but also leaders that I coach and friends of mine who are CEOs and senior leaders, is that anger is one of the most prevalent emotions in business, right? Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated because somebody did a proposal wrong or they did something wrong, so I get, you know, maybe I'm not angry, I'm either angry or frustrated is just like the softer version of anger. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've found was that most psychologists don't consider anger a primary emotion. It's considered a secondary emotion because behind anger or underneath anger is often a primary emotion, sadness, fear, hurt, embarrassment, which is just a different word for shame. Mm -hmm. And so what usually what I find is that when leaders are angry and myself included is, is usually it's some, some fear. Sometimes it's fear of embarrassment, which is like, you know, both fear and shame kind of, you know, <laughs> smashed together. Right. Um, but uh, so by, by asking myself, whenever I get angry, well, what's the emotion behind my anger? Now I can start to say, and, and there's really, it's, it's a multiple choice question. You know, you can say, I'm sad, I'm afraid, I'm shame, ashamed or embarrassed, uh, I'm hurt. And so you just pick the one that's closest to what you may be feeling. And now I can start to have a different conversation because now I can, you know, if I have a decent relationship with the employee, I can say, you know, when that proposal was, you know, formatted incorrectly or it had grammatical errors or, you know, whatever, it wasn't a great proposal. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that if we don't win that big client, that we're not going to be able to pay the big bonuses that we've been paying in the past years. And maybe we're going to lose people or I'm going to lose my job or I'm not going to get a promotion or whatever it may be. And assuming your, your people that you're leading and working with like you, then they're going to be much more engaged and willing to help you solve that problem than if you just say, Hey, I'm angry. Right. So kind of shifting anger. And what I found is that by using anger is really a great way to actually, it's kind of a doorway to creating a deeper connection with people. Whereas if I just focus on the anger, I will disconnect from other people. I mean, you know, anytime I'm angry at someone, I'm pushing you away and I'm making you afraid in a, in a leadership context. Mm. Um, but if I actually dig to the deeper emotions and, and share some of those, have the courage to share some of those emotions with you, now I can actually connect with you and bring you closer um, to me and we can move forward together. Right, right. Yeah, no, I love that. What, um, I don't say a, a, a tool, but what What would you say if if, you know, someone's super hooked, right? Someone's angry, they're feeling the frustration, they're, you know, and they want to be able to communicate in a way that isn't, you know, throwing up all over the person, you know, they're catching themselves, but it's still hard. It's still there. The pattern has been to explode or to, you always do this or you never do this, whatever the pattern is, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you catch yourself in that moment? I think the first step is just whenever we're angry to ask ourselves, what's the emotion behind my anger? Anger is always a secondary emotion. And when we start to explore that question, 
before we speak to the person. That, that's kind of the, the, the question that stops us. And until we really have a sense of what that is, then it's probably not healthy to have a conversation. Now, in some business contexts, it may not be, you know, if you're afraid you can't make payroll and you're an owner, like, well, okay, maybe that's not the right conversation to have, at least with that level of detail. But you can talk about fear uh, or, you know, anxiety that the, you know, is being, that is creating the anger. So I, I think it's just a matter of stopping ourselves. I, I just I had a trivial example. Somebody cut me off on the highway the other day. Mm-hmm. And what do we happen? We typically get afraid. Yeah. And, and but now I've trained myself that in me in that moment I said, well, I you know I was angry, and I said, well, what's behind my anger? It's fear, right? Because I'm I'm afraid of that person's gonna run me off the road. Right. Right. Uh, right. But there's always the other thing I found is that when we when we use that same question when others are angry. It helps us to develop more compassion. I, I a similar situation. I tend to ride my bike on a, a trail that sometimes I ride on the road uh, not far from my house. And people sometimes honk and they're like, like really road rage, not just honk, <laughs> but like honk and like slow down and like yell out, roll down the window, you know, yell out the window. And a lot of us would get angry in that situation. But I, I ask myself, wow, you know, I wonder what's behind that person's anger. They must have a lot of pain in their life if they're that angry to feel like they have to, you know, literally pull over almost and yeah. like yell at somebody yell on the side of the road. Right. And so there's, it's so seeing when other people are angry can also help us to connect and be more compassionate uh, and just kind of recognize like, rather than me returning their anger with me yelling and screaming at them, uh, I, just, I actually just feel a little bit, admittedly a little bit sorry for them. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, that first reaction is, oh, dummy, whatever, you know, and then you just kind of sit back and go, wow, what kind of day are they having? Or, or sometimes I'll just wave and smile if someone's mad at me, if I maybe, you know, cut someone up by mistake and they're honking, I'll be like, thank you. Sorry. You know, I'll wave to them and, you know, and deflated and, and, you know, and sometimes I don't, you know, I do the same thing or people do it to me. It does. It just kind of like, yeah, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, right? We just have to, all we can do is control our side of the equation, right? And do we want to be frustrated and talk about this incident all day long? Or do we just want to let it go and be like, no worries, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I love this conversation because I think, um, you know, we're in this, in this world of texting and emailing and, and um, we know that, you know, at least from the research, words is about, you know, 7%, right? And there's the body language and the tonality and other things in communication. Um, yeah. I know you work so strongly on the words, which is great. But also, what is your, 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 your side of that, of the, the, the other parts of communication? So I don't really, I really focus on the words in the sense that if I'm really being considered, if I'm really considering my words then hopefully some of those other things start to come out. So a mm-hmm. lot of the, some of the talk shifts are really just about words we use with others. Mm-hmm. Others are often like the anger one. They're both words we use with others or questions we ask ourselves, right? So they're kind of like self-talk shifts, if mm-hmm. you will, to shift how we would potentially view a situation. And then there's actually another category, which I call the reverse talk shifts, which are, uh, I say, one of the things about talk shifts is they're tools for building better bosses or becoming one. And like, if you're in HR or whatever, that might be about, or if you're a leader and you're trying to build leaders below you, uh, but the reverse talk shifts are things you can use to build your current boss into a better one. 
So one of the things we do, if, uh, if the listeners, there's a free quiz at talkshift.com slash quiz. And when you get the, you'll get a three or four sample chapters after you take the quiz. And these are specific chapters that you can share to create a talk shift with your spouse or your child. And then there's also one for your boss. Uh, and some of them actually cross over that you can use with multiple uh, relationships in your life. And the intention, we provide uh, some sample scripts and things like that so you can share them and actually use a sample chapter to help change a conversation with someone at work or someone at home in your life. And so that's where we really think of this as not really a book to read by yourself. While that mm -hmm. can be useful, much more powerful is actually read it with someone. So there's going to be uh, in early November, we already filmed it. There's actually going to be a video book. And the reason behind that was about a year and a half ago, um, I actually read the, an earlier draft of the book to my father, who was really, uh, he and I had a toxic relationship for you know three decades. Mm. And about halfway through the book, he actually said, I had no idea the negative impact that my words had on you. And this book, the act of experiencing it together was what shifted and fundamentally transformed our relationship. And so the, the thought of the video book is really intention that people can watch it on television together. Maybe if you have adult children or teenage children, you can just all watch it together to really shift the tone within an entire family unit. Uh, and I don't think necessarily teams are going to sit in and sit in an office and watch it together, but, um, that's where the book can be powerful to kind of bring teams along. And, and since I know you have a lot of leaders on the show, mm -hmm. one of the most powerful ways for a leader is if you enter into a talk shift with someone, now you have someone to kind of hold you accountable. So what mm -hmm. happens is sometimes all it takes is one of these talk shifts to completely transform a relationship. But what we're finding is when people read the book together, you know, one person will say, you know, here's the, th I, I would like for you to practice talk shifts six and 13 and 17 more with me. And very rarely does the other person actually have the same requests of the same talk shifts. They typically say, well, you know, yeah, six, 13, 17, that's great. What I would like you to practice with me would be 12 and nine and whatever. And so we kind of make a mutual request and now we can hold each other accountable to say, Hey, you know, can we, can we try talk shift number six in this situation yeah. or whatever it may be? And, um, and if I'm a leader and I invite my team of two or five or 10 people to say, Hey, I really want to improve my communication because too often we don't even realize the words that we use. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so unconscious our communication. So having other people to observe and say, Hey, did you realize that in that meeting, that you were really aggressive. I mean, you used the word, you know, you always do this, you never do this, or you should do that. You know, maybe, maybe we can use some of the words from talk shift. I think that's seven or whatever, <laughs> uh, to kind of, to, to shift how we would say that. So we fall into these habits and having other people to help us break the habits really is the most powerful way to, to spark and, and really accelerate a talk shift uh, in a group or just for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I can see how it's so beneficial. It reminds me of the love languages in a way, you know, if you're speaking yeah. two different languages, right? It's like, well, what, you know, what really you know, feeds my soul and what feeds your soul? And, you know, the talk shift might be different for you than me. And, you know, so. Well, yeah. Gary Chapman was one of the people that I interviewed for the book, actually. So. Uh, oh, cool. He was, uh, he was uh, yeah, his, his work was one of the influences behind the book. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, he, he wrote a book um, that's 
the subject, partly this inspiration behind Talk Shift number 22, he wrote a book, an entire book about apologies. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, one of the things I heard a story through writing the book about a, a leader who did like a 360 and he scored himself very highly and his team scored him really low and he had the courage to bring all the people into a room and say, hey, look, my gra- like I'm rated up here and all you rated me down here. What's going on with that? And it took a little while, but then somebody kind of said sheepishly, like, uh, he said, I, I've been through a divorce. I've been to therapy. I've really changed over the last couple of years. And I just don't think that I'm as low as he, everyone rated me. Mm. And one of his people said, you know, you're right, but you never apologized. And we're still angry oh. for how you, how you were. And so as I said, sometimes one talk shift yeah. and really executing an apology the right way can be the shift in a relationship and, and sometimes we can't people can't get uh people can't get to a new spot unless we kind of create a bridge for them yeah that's it i mean it's apology is so powerful that one thing yeah. right so that's beautiful thank you so much for that wow i can't wait to read it i'm so excited for it to come out so you said it's coming out in november uh, it's coming out. The video book will come out in November. The mm. actual book will be out in October sixth. But if the if the episode re- is released before October sixth, mm. um, at talkshift.com/quiz, you can actually get an early release, an electronic version that you can start reading before it hits Amazon. Nice. Uh, and then uh, if you buy the electronic version, then uh, then if you give us your shipping address, we'll ship you a copy when it's the physical copy is available. So beautiful, beautiful, awesome. This needed. Uh... More now than ever. <laughs> that is for sure. Yes. What's going on in the world? <laughs> I, you know, I, I this book was delayed and delayed. I've been working on it for f- almost five years, and mm. it was supposed to be published a year ago. And I admittedly, I am so grateful for the fact that it was delayed because I honestly don't believe this book would have been nearly the success um, that it's going to be uh, because the world has just changed. Like leaders, I've heard senior leaders who for whom emotional intelligence and compassion and connection were just not topics that they really <laughs> no. thought about. Exactly. But the, the last six months has really changed how a lot of people, a lot of leaders um, who have been very kind of driven leaders like myself, how they're approaching leadership. And mm. so this book is... Timing world, is perfect. Timing is perfect. <laughs> the, world, the world conspired to make this book a success. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our power questions that we always love to ask our guests. So the first one is about books. So is there yes. one book that's had a massive impact on you? Well, other than my book, of course, <laughs> uh, nonviolent communication was probably one of the, you know, one of the most impactful books. Um, mm. And it was, it was an example of one of those books that, uh, you judge a book by its cover, but it's a great book to get people to not talk to you on airplanes. Like, you know, you start, like what are you reading? Like nonviolent communication. It's like, Leanne, have a good flight have to Have a good California. flight. Yeah, it sounds scary, but it's not. <laughs> it, it was one of those books that I took a couple of the things out of there and translated. You know, many of his language that he uses would work in a family setting, but would not necessarily work in a corporate setting. So. Mm-hmm. We took some of that and we reframed that in words that would work in equally in both in both uh, contexts. Nice, beautiful, beautiful. How about a quote that's had a massive impact, or a quote that uh, you live by? A quote that really me- is meaningful for you. Well, the, the quote that I live by these days is to change how you lead, simply change your words. You know, mm. so many people we we I realized as a leader that my heart was in the right place. 
but my words were not. And the reality is, is that 90, you know, they always say actions speak louder than words, but the reality is that the people around us, 90% of how they decide whether our hearts is in the right place is based upon our words. Right. You know, we don't get, we don't get to go build houses at Habitat for Humanity with our employees, you know, every, every week, but they do hear our words. Yeah. So, so those are the things that I think that, you know, it, it is really that simple. And so this talk shift quiz, we have 150,000 data points now. And the wow. interesting thing we found, the interesting thing we found, and I was even surprised by this is we're able to predict whether people have a frustrating relationship in their life at work or at home based upon your answers about your communication. We usually think it's the other person's communication that's the problem. But if we're able to predict whether you have a frustrating relationship based upon your communication, then that gives us hope that changing those frustrating relationships, shifting those frustrating relationships may be as simple as changing our words. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You might have already answered this because that was beautiful, but um, if you could leave the world with one final message, your golden nugget, what would it be? Change your words. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, how can we find and support you? Uh, the best way is to take the free quiz, mm-hmm. uh, talkshift.com slash quiz. Uh, feel free to share that. Uh, if you get the free chapters, please share them with someone in your life and use them to start a talk shift. Uh, my, my mission, uh, I'm fortunate enough that I've had enough business success that uh, I, I'm not doing this for as a financial endeavor. It really is. My, my vision is to use leadership, communication, education as a vehicle to transform 10 million marriages, leaders, and lives. um, So feel free to freely share it with as many people as you like. And uh, if I I spend the next 10 years and don't make a single dollar doing this, but we we transform millions of lives, then, then that's a win for me. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, one last question. As you know, we are Rise Up For You. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you? Oh man. Well, for me, it it reminds me of like in the kind of one of the lowest times of my life after that kind of YNCA moment, I I read Brene Brown's rising strong. Uh, and, uh, is it rising strong? I think that's the Mm -hmm. name of the book. And I remember when my, um, divorce was happening actually the day after, let's say the, 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 in the 24 hours after my marriage broke, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I sat down with my now ex-wife and I said, every action that I take in the coming months. Cause as you know, usually once someone says I'm leaving, like that's when like the, the drama starts right? <laughs> and it starts to get ugly. I said, every action that I take over the coming months is going to be taken from the lens of what's the story I want to tell my kids 20 years from now. Mm. And I feel that not only has that guided my actions, but I believe that making that statement also helped guide her actions. And, and so I'm really, blessed that we probably have one of the best co-parenting relationships uh, i mean we haven't we, we, every once in a while we, you know you take kids to therapy to you know get through like social anxiety issues or something like that mm-hmm. and the therapists tend to tell us like you know, we don't have any clients like you that we you know we can really have you in the same room and it's really a collaboration mm-hmm. and uh, and like any divorce there was certainly a lot of reason for both sides to to not not be nice and yeah. uh, so i'd say 
I don't even remember what your question was. <laughs> it's okay. That, that was, was beautiful. That, that was my version of what it is to rise strong. <laughs> to rise strong, yeah, absolutely. Rising up is 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 yeah. It's 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 forgiveness. It's yeah, apology. Yeah. It's it's I, all I will, of that. I will leave one that. other thing about rising strong, which kind of gets to the apology uh, point, which was, um, I. I Often we don't apologize because we think they're like, well, if we apologize, people are going to walk all over us or, you know, mm. and, uh, and, and kind of to get a new re- a relationship to a new spot requires building bridges. And sometimes um, if we go into it and we say, I'm going to let someone walk all over me because I'm maybe I'm the only person who's strong enough in this relationship to be walked on. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well, Krista, thank you so, so much. And I'm so excited for your book. Congratulations. Um, like I said earlier, it's, it's so needed in the world right now. And the work you're doing is absolutely beautiful. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.